Good evening and welcome to the Cosmic Convergence Radio Show with Big Tim and Dr. Love. And tonight's topic is going to be led by Big Tim and it's going to be about what our passions are. It's very rare that I get to lead the conversation. Usually, Senor Dr. Love takes the lead. And, you know, I really do enjoy when Dr. Love takes the lead. But tonight, my show, not yours. Wahaha. Just kidding. Anyway, so like Dr. Love said, we're going to be talking about things that we enjoy. Now, I have a lot of different things that I like to do. Uh, one of them being geocaching. Okay, I've enjoyed geocaching for the last nine and a half years now, it seems like. I joined the geocaching website on June 18th of 2012. Yes, I even have the date memorized. You can call me lazy. What was that? It's your anniversary. It is my anniversary. Of geocaching. And that's literally two months from now, as crazy as that is. Yeah. Uh, I got my start with geocaching with a old friend from church, uh, Neil. He took, he took me to do a couple of geocaches before we went to golf, actually. How ironic, right? Yeah. We were golfing at Powderhorn Country Club. And we stopped for a cache in the Madison Cemetery. Actually, where my sister is buried, believe it or not. I We did not find the cache, but I thought it was a pretty cool concept. We went and played golf. Uh, I can't remember who won that day, but that didn't matter because mm-hmm. I was getting a new uh, hobby that I didn't know it at the time. We drove back to Painesville. We ate at Smoke Barbecue Grill in Painesville, yeah. which is about five minutes from my house. And then I, we, he took me across the street to a cache that was in these parking strip type things. Okay. Uh, the cache was just a simple pill bottle hidden on the side of one of the parking things, but I found it, and I thought it was so cool. I went home, I made an account, and I basically joined up at that point for it. Cool, cool. I, I You were, you actually were the one who got me involved with uh, geocaching as well. So, and then I guess your geocaching journey as that came full circle, sort of say, because now you had the opportunity to introduce someone new to geocaching. I have thoroughly enjoyed getting to introduce people to the wide world of geocaching. No matter where you are, there's going to be a geocache of some type, probably within 15 minutes of you, unless you're in a remote area like the Saharan Desert or the mountains of colorado Uh, even in colorado you'll still have caches that you can climb the side of the mountain and find them yeah i i I started a new position recently and a lot of my new colleagues are actually based out of colorado springs so i i was actually looking at 
the geocaching map for the Colorado Springs area. Mm. And there's quite a lot out there. I'm hoping to make a trip west sometime to meet my coworkers that I am currently just interacting with on a virtual basis. Yeah. That will be thoroughly exciting. Mm-hmm. Now, with your geocaching expertise, isn't there something that you helped create to help promote geocaching amongst the community? So I have been in charge of the Lake Metro Parks geocaching program for the last two, actually, that's been 2017, about three and a half to four years now. It was either 2017 mm-hmm. or 2018. In 2019, Lake Metro Parks ran their first ever geo trail, which takes you to one geocache in 14 different parks. Actually, 15, but it's 14 finds and a bonus. I think that's what Ooh. it was. Anyway, yeah, it was 14 and a bonus because on each geocache page, there's usually approximately math in my head bear with me seven number you need seven numbers for north coordinates and you need seven numbers for west coordinates for a total of 14 so i was correct with my math okay we so you would get a souvenir little it's called a path tag technically but i like to call it a souvenir mini coin that has the lake metro parks logo on it and on the back mm-hmm. is a set of numbers that you can log on the pathtags.com website to say, hey, I own this path tag now, and yay, basically. I have collected well over a 100 path tags in my nine-year career of geocaching. A good majority of those have literally been found inside actual geocaches. Mm Mm-hmm. So you never know what you're going to find when you go to a geocache. Basically, you're going to a set of coordinates. You're looking for a container that's as small as your pinky nail or as big as an ammo can or a bucket. Oh, wow. Each cache page will tell you, for the most part, what you're looking for. It'll say micro is a smaller one, so that could be the pinky finger or a pill bottle. A large is like a large box. Regular as an ammunition can, or I wish I had more of the my uh, bigger lock and lock containers with me right now. I know that yeah. everybody listens to this only through audio and not through video, but that's neither here nor there, and that's more my fault than anything else because my computer sucks. And yeah. <laughs> and I've thoroughly enjoyed getting to go around the country for geocaching. I Mm -hmm. have found geocaches in, I believe it currently stands at 10 states. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to type the the states out here. I've definitely never found a geocache in Ohio. Definitely not. Uh, Nope. Of course. (laughs) New York... Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, and then going to Kentucky, Virginia, 
West Virginia, country road, take me home. My wife isn't sitting here right now, so I can say that and get away with it. Okay. North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. Hawaii. Florida. No, I've never geocached in Hawaii. I have been to Hawaii, but I've never cached in Hawaii. I went to Hawaii when I was literally eight. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was in 2000. Hmm. I also went to Nevada around then. I had a one-night stay in Los Angeles on the way to Hawaii. Oh. I've never I really... I thought... I thought you just said you've never been to Hawaii. No, I have been to Hawaii. Oh, okay. But I've never been to Oregon, Washington State. Uh, actually, I've never been to Washington, D.C. either, now that I think about it. Yeah. But I so actually looking at this and adding them up four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I guess it's fourteen states, not fifteen, which my bad. I feel like I could be missing a state though. I'd have to look at my uh geocaching map more formally to verify what I which states I've geocached in. But that's okay. I could be missing. So actually, oh, sure. no. I now I look at this. I'm not missing any states. So Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, Kentucky, Virginia, West Virginia. Country would take me home. North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. So basically, what's my uh, cousin's house in South Carolina a couple of years ago? That allowed me to get North Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, South Carolina. And we went to Savannah, Georgia for a day. So I got oh, Georgia wow. that I got Georgia that weekend as well. Yeah. So uh recent things that have come out with geocaching, the Geauga Park District, which is very close to Dr. Love and I have recently released a souvenir geocoin trail on their bike trail. So if we complete the 19 caches, also 12 miles of hiking, we can take our passports to, I believe the passport says the West Woods, to get Mm -hmm. our souvenir coins. And I've seen the design of the coins. I haven't finished the trail yet. I've done four of the caches. Got a first to find on two of them, by the way. That was fun. Yeah. And then you can get your souvenir coin at the Westwoods. Nice. I think I I know what we're going to do. Well, we can do that, or we can go golfing, or we can hit golf balls on the trail. Just kidding. We shouldn't do that. No, we should not do that. The Geauk Park District people would probably kill me if I advertised hitting golf balls down the trail. Well, it's just probably not a good thing to do in general. Yeah, I agree completely. But if you go on Facebook, and actually I can even put these pictures on the Cosmic Convergence Facebook page. My wife and I went down the trail, as I mentioned before, and we took some nice pictures. So go check out the Cosmic Convergence Facebook page in the next 24 to 48 hours to see a couple of... uh, pictures from the trail there's a there's a bunch of covered bridges on that bike trail that's always been uh rather exciting for me 
Oh, I'm, I, a... I, I'm, I'm sure, and I, I can say this for most of our fans, is I, we appreciate you sharing those pictures with us. Well, that's not a problem. We, I've been thinking for a while that we should try to get a little more uh, active on our Facebook page. <coughs> oh, cool. we got to figure out what we want to... I mean, I just made a post on there, so... Oh, you did? Yeah. That works out. I'm glad I'm glad somebody's on top of making the posts because I haven't been. I sure no, haven't been you lately, like but you're you're fired for that. Yes, I am. Anyway. And one of my other things that are involved with geocaching are these things called travel bugs. And mm -hmm. what they do is basically you take them with you from cache to cache and you rack up what's called mileage. So basically how far a trackable has moved from one geocache to another yeah uh, once upon a time before it went missing i had a geocache that made it from here in ohio to switzerland mm -hmm. oh wow and if i pulled up the trackable page i could tell you that there's some pictures of the trackable literally sitting in the swiss alps cool and that that to me was a really cool picture. I was so astounded to see that. You, you should uh, go and get that and share that with the fans. Oh, I can do that as well. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Sure, I can get that up. Like I said, give me twenty-four to forty-eight hours. It's it's kind of we're kind of pushing it being late tonight, but I can get oh, them up tomorrow yeah. night or even Thursday before the end of the day. Yeah. So that's really yeah. geocaching in a nutshell for me, how I got started, things I mm -hmm. I've enjoyed with it. I, I would be remiss if I failed to mention the Western Reserve Greenway Trail in Ashtabula, uh, 26-mile yeah. paved trail, uh, slight decline as you go from Ashtabula City down to Orwell. But oh, yeah. they had... 150 semi caches on that trail and that trail had a geocoin associated with it as well mm -hmm. however i know some of the caches have been replaced but i do know some things about that trail for next year but i'm not sure if i'm clear to discuss them yet yeah. so I'll, I'll need to i'll need to either clear that with somebody or have them come on the podcast to tell us more about that yeah. Well, the, the nice thing about that trail is it's literally about I can get on it and it's about five minutes from my house. Yeah, there's a lot of parking spots mm -hmm. along the Western Reserve Greenway Trail. And there are a lot of good parking spots for the Maple Highlands Trail in Geauga County as well. And when Chelsea and I went to the trail in Geauga County, we actually parked for basically right off of Route 87 mm -hmm. at the uh, Headwaters Park yeah. parking lot. Well, Headwaters Park is a nice park for those of you who are not in Northeast Ohio. Maybe one of the things that Dr. Luff and I will do is try to take some pictures of different places. <coughs> oh, yeah. Or maybe even get some uh, vlog videos going again like we did before. Yeah, we need to have our schedules lined up for that to happen, but we'll we'll make oh, it happen okay. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. 
Now, um, besides geocaching, what other passions do you have? Well, I'm. I think I'm gonna bring up a passion that we share, and that is uh-huh. the wide world of golf. Oh yeah. Yeah, g- golf is a. Uh... What? What? I was so go ahead with uh, what you were going to say about golf. Sorry, oh, I just said golfing was fun or is fun. Golfing is a lot of fun, and I've thoroughly enjoyed getting to golf, especially with you, because I haven't got I hadn't gone golfing by myself since I had gone golfing with my ex a number of years ago, and that was the last time really that I had actually golfed at all. I've mm-hmm. now hit two hole-in-ones on the same hole at the same course within about a year and a month, which is nuts. And both, and both times you've never been in the paper. Both times or I've never been in the... Yeah. <laughs> or had your picture taken. Yep, and both, and both times you were there. Yeah, <laughs> and while I've only gotten it once... And I got my picture taken and in the paper. That's okay. I don't need that kind of recognition. As long as I get the trophy, which hopefully I should get the trophy from the second hole-in-one at some point this year, right? Well, you know, we kind of have to go there probably for you to get it. Yeah, hopefully they remember me from last year. Well, probably, but, you know, I don't know when we're going to do that. Right. So, for those of you who are wondering, my, uh, both of us have gotten a hole in one on number twelve at Maple Ridge. Except I've done it twice. Yeah. Uh, both times with a pitching wedge, but not with the same golf ball. Well, and I've been told a story about that hole, and you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm not mentioning names. Well, I can't mention names because I don't know who they are. But I had a lady tell me once that. That was her father's favorite course. You know, talking about passions. That was his passion golfing, and that was his course. And that was his favorite hole. When he died, they uh, had him cremated, and they put a little bit of his ashes in that hole. Ever since then, that hole has always been the hole where people have gotten holes in one. So that's a, that's that is a, a crazy superstition story. Oh yeah. So but uh I've also learned never get a hole in one if you're a part of a league group because then drinks are on you. <laughs> At least you so, didn't get your hole in one on a league night, right? Yeah. <laughs> But I've always thought that it was crazy that you and I have witnessed each other's aces. I've always thought that was nuts. Uh, I mean, ooh, excuse me. I mean, it's it's a magical thing to happen. And then, you know, everybody on the golf course can hear you if you get a hole in one. Unless you're like me and you don't know your balls in the hole. <laughs> Which happened literally both times. Twice. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because every time we go to that hole, we joke. Whenever we can't find our balls, we joke that, oh, hey, maybe you got a hole in one. 
And all three times we would say that joke, and you know, it was in the hole. Yeah, <laughs> that is nuts. I still can't. I still can't get over it. I really can't. Hopefully, we'll have a uh, luck on that hole again this summer. How I hope weird so. would it be to ace that hole three years in a row? Oh, that would be terrific. They'd have yeah. to give you a bigger trophy at that point. Yeah. Well, I was looking at that they national hole in one uh, registry recently, yeah. and it doesn't. And it looks like there aren't very many people who have aced the same hole twice. Really? Yeah. Here, I'm going to go on the national hole in one registry while we're uh, hmm. discussing everything here. Yeah. I After, remember. Um, seeing that yeah now if you if any of you that are listening to our show are interested in golf and you want to see some comical behaviors check out my youtube channel chaos dark rider um there are a couple of vlogs that we've done last year related to golf and it was just tim and i just having a good old time having fun at the golf course. Wasn't that one episode titled Big Tim's Revenge? Didn't you didn't you hit me with a golf ball once? I know I got hit with a random golf ball at the GOTL course last year. No, which I we can tell you. that story if you want while we're oh, oh well you go ahead and you tell that one. Okay. So we were golfing at the Geneva on Lake golf course in Geneva on Lake, Ohio. Uh, it was not even the second hole. We were driving away from the first hole, and out of nowhere, a ball comes screaming in from 150, 200 yards away and nails me right in the right foot. Right foot, right leg area. And ouch and ouch. If you've never been hit with a golf ball that's screaming at you, Consider getting hit by a line drive baseball, except the welt is smaller because it's a golf ball. That's what it feels like. And if the golfer hits it hard enough, it's probably going the speed of a baseball, literally. Well, and if then not it faster. Yeah, and it could it could have potentially broken your leg. Yeah, but luckily, it, yeah, luckily it caught my shoe in my lower leg but i think i was limping for a couple holes after that and i was not the same the rest of the day oh no and that was the one day i actually beat you in golf yes <laughs> i actually think i don't play i didn't play the 18th that day because my leg was hurting too bad no you didn't the one day i didn't finish all 18 but i'm not a fan of that course anyway that's not my favorite course no. which one yotl oh oh the one out there's one out your your way that I do not like and I actually don't care to play it ever again. So, well, we could talk about that if you want. I I think I know which course you're talking about. Which one am I talking about? Hello, Lost Nation. Yeah, like the first several holes, there's in between houses. So, and the only Let's... reason why I don't like that is because. Because uh, Big Tim and I, we like to veer off to the left or right a lot. And I just don't feel comfortable playing in between houses where you could potentially break a house or, in Tim's case, hit the ball over a what looks like <laughs> could have been a 
Yeah, what, sorry, what, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm laughing because I literally launched the ball over the house, and we don't know where it ended up. And to be honest, I think it was almost like a three-story house. So... I mean, that was one of the more powerful swings I've ever taken. If I had hit that oh, straight, yeah. I would have been probably close to the green. Well, and then, of course, and then, like, on coming back up to the clubhouse after the, uh, I think it was the ninth, ninth holes. Ninth yeah. Holes or the back nine wasn't too bad. Um, but the front nine, you know, it was horrible. And then, like, the ninth or Ninth hole, I think, had a deep gorge. And it's like, no. <laughs> and then I think one of the good things from that day, though, is I won the longest drive. You did. So. So I have some weird hole-in-one facts for you. Are you ready? Yeah. This is from the National Hole-in-One Registry website. Uh, the infographic is entitled, What Does It Take? It's a statistical look at the rarity of a hole-in-one. So, mm. 450 million rounds of golf are played each year. Okay? Mm -hmm. A hole-in-one is scored once every 3,500 rounds. Oh, wow. So that means over 128,000 hole-in-ones are scored each year. Hmm. That means 1% to 2% of golfers make a hole-in-one each year. Yeah. Now, can you guess the two states that make up a total of 18% of all hole-in-ones made? Well, Ohio. Spoiler, it's not Ohio. Oh. I don't know then. All right. So, California and Texas are both at 9%. Arizona and Michigan are at 5%. Boo, by the way. New York is at 4%. South Carolina and Florida are at 3%. Wow. So, can you do it again? I want, I want to talk about this for a second, because this is crazy. Because I've done it. Twice already. Can you score two hole-in-ones in a single round? The odds are 67 million to one. Oh, wow. Of golfers who make a single hole-in-one, 14% of golfers sink it a second time. Oh, wow. I am in that 14%. Huh. Which is nuts to think about. I actually didn't know this. Yeah. Interesting. 9% of people have made three or more. Oh, wow. I want you to tell me the most hole-in-one scored by a single person in their career, not in a round. Five. 26. Oh, wow. Yeah, 26. is That's nuts. Uh, average years of experience for a golfer with a hole-in-one? 24. Wow. Hmm. 
I think we beat that. Yeah. So did my cousin Nick, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he has... He, I actually think he has two aces as well. Hmm. Well, not, now you have a goal to, goal to meet. You have to beat your cousin. Yeah. Uh, average handicap was 14. Mm-hmm. 40% of all hole-in-ones are made with either the 7, 8, or 9 iron. Really? So the 7 iron has 14%. The 8 iron has 14%. 9 iron has 12%. 6 iron, 11%. 5 iron, 8%. Pitching wedge, 7%. (laughs) And uh, what are the three clubs that you normally use? The five iron, the the driver, the pitching wedge, the putter. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, didn't you get your first hole in one with a uh, what was it called again? Yeah, both aces with the same golf club, with the same pitching wedge. Yeah. So that that's a, that's that's a golf that's a golf miracle right there. It is. Uh, 40% of all hole-in-ones have been made by females. Hmm. The shortest hole-in-one ever, 30 yards. Oh, wow. What course was that on? Doesn't say. Ooh. I don't know where, what, what course is a 30-yard hole Johnny Cake Ridge, when that was still a thing back in the day. Mm-hmm. Had a hole that was literally 35 yards. That had to have been at least like a par two or something like that. It was still a par three. Really? Yep. And actually, it might have been more like 50 yards, but still it was short. Yeah. The average hole length of a hole in one, 147 yards. Yeah. Which is about what hole number 12 is at Maple Ridge. Mm-hmm. Give or take maybe 20 yards. Yeah. The longest hole-in-one ever made, ever recorded on the National Hole-in-One Registry, is 404 yards. Oh, wow. That's over two-tenths of a mile. Yeah, I would say so. Here, let's do, let's do the math. 404 yards, three feet in a yard. That's 1,212 feet. Uh, five two eight times two is a thousand fifty six feet. So yeah, the golf ball was hit over two tenths of a mile for that ace. Wow! And actually, I think I've seen a video of it. I actually think that was a PGA Tour ace. Mm-hmm. I'll have to find that clip and send it to you. Yeah, I would love to see that. Um, what is the chance that a golfer will make a hole in one? A tour player making an ace, three thousand to one. Hmm. Low handicapper making an ace, five thousand to one. Oh wow! Average player making an ace, and again, this is still coming from the National Hole in One Registry website. The average player making an ace is twelve thousand to one. Wow. And we have both beaten the odds. Yeah. What are the odds of that? Hmm. Let's see. Any other interesting hole-in-one facts? 
every each course reports ten to fifteen hole in ones a year. Hmm. A hole in one on a par four is called an albatross, in case you cared. Oh yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I knew that too. Average group that makes the most hole in ones is between fifty to fifty nine and forty to forty nine. Combined hmm. they count they account for half. Yeah. Give or take one percent. They account for forty nine percent. The ball that's used most often for aces is Titleist. Hey, hold on. Let's take a look at something here. Are you going to go check your hole-in-one ball? Yeah, mine was a Nitro. I think yours was a Titleist. The first one was a Nitro. The second one, I think, was a Bridgestone. Hmm. Uh, Followed by Titleist is at 45%. Nike at 14%, Top Flight at 11%. Yeah. Facts just for women. Let's see if there's anything here. The average hole length for women is 111 yards for an ace. The average age is 55. Average years of playing experience, 15. Hmm. Just crazy to think about. Yeah. Let me just. Uh, I'm searching my name to make sure I put both of these up there. I would. <laughs> yeah, I put the uh, second one up there at some point because I see it there. And for some reason, Maple Ridge Golf Course is listed as in Painesville, Ohio. Still oh. trying to figure out that reason that, but I don't know. Tim Pringy had a hole-in-one October... I hope I got the date right on this. October 17th, 2020 on hole-12 at Maple Ridge Golf Course. He used a pitching wedge in the 140-yard par-3. Witnesses to his, his great achievement were Cameron Hartley, Sean McLean, and Jeremiah Morozik. Yeah. Out golfing for my bachelor party three weeks until the wedding. Hit pitching wedge on 12. Ball takes off into hole. I find it in the hole while everyone else is searching for their balls. <laughs> <laughs> is yours on here? It should be. Here, I'll look you up real quick. Uh, there's too many Hartleys. Yeah. What you, don't Hart- know is I, what you don't know is I have many aliases and I've had so many holes in ones. Because you've totally been to Washington State, right? I mean, you don't know. I could have. <laughs> Cameron Hartley. I normally hook to the right on this hole. I was looking for the ball and could not find it. <laughs> I was allowed to drop when my friend said, you know, you couldn't find your ball because it's in the hole. You spelled my last name wrong. Oops. Fired. Can I go home now? You are home. Talk to your love. You are home. Uh-huh. Anyway, so we've been spending yeah. a lot of time talking about my... Uh-oh. Hello. Uh-oh. We have a guest joining us this evening. It yes. Good... Yeet. It's the Yeet 
Eater of Worlds. Laura. The Eater of Worlds. I don't know how yes. good I'm coming in because I don't have my headphones in, but here I am. Right. Uh, we, we got I you. I can hear you loud and clear. Cool. So right now we've just been talking about our golf experience. But I think this will be a good segue into asking Laura about her passion. Yes. I don't have what I don't know. I don't have a passion for anything. Don't I you mean, enjoy cosplay? Yeah, I do. I do. And, enjoy and, and don't you have an obsession with these one of uh Harry Styles? It's a band, not just of Harry Styles, thank you. That's bullshit. Fine. <laughs> well, we'll get that edited it's out. An obsession with, it's an obsession. Yep. An obsession with a band. Okay, is that better than anything? Whoa! There we go. So, Laura, tell us about your cosplays that you. You update your system. Okay, so cosplays I've done. I've done only really three. I've only done. Let's see. I've done. Oh, that's weird. Is it three? I mean, if you count hayride costumes. I mean, yeah. Costumes, costumes, I don't know. So let's see, I've done Ronda Rousey. I've done Amethyst from, from Steven Universe. done Raven from Teen Titans. And then... Mermaid. That's not really a cosplay. I mean, I guess Mermaid. It's not really a cosplay. That's more just a Halloween costume. Then I've yeah. done... Then I've done... Uh, Lara Croft from Tomb Raider. That was kind of like my first cosplay. Yeah. So. Go ahead. All right. So as I was saying, and this will be well, so edit it out. So for our listeners out there, what cosplay is is when people will dress up as their favorite characters who they like a show from, or they will dress up as characters from um, a specific genre or show. So, for example, I have a cosplay I've been working on that's based off of Rick Riordan's Percy Jackson series. It's not a legitimate character in the series. It's a creation. Um, Same thing with another uh, cosplay I've done, which is uh, called Professor Winthrop, who's a defense consultant arts professor for Hogwarts. But I do have a cosplay do that is based off of a character, and that is the Seventh Doctor Who. That's a bit of a passion that I like to do. I like costumes and make um, I actually have a TikTok account where you can go and view all this. In fact, uh, I'm getting ready to finish up season one of Blake's Journey. And I unmuted. Laura, are you there? Laura. Okay, I had to mute you for a second. So, anyway, um, but I don't think Tim's really done any cosplay. Per se, like I mean, yeah, he's dressed up as dressed in costumes, but not cosplays. Which there is a big difference between, say, dressing up in a costume for 
Halloween compared to Cosby. So, I don't know. Is is Tim? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I've never been uh, somebody who has been interested in doing cosplaying. I've I've mm-hmm. been more of the guy who's been taking care of the technical stuff in the background, so everybody else could enjoy the cosplay convention the anime conventions i was the technical director for neon for a number of years uh mm-hmm. i've thoroughly enjoyed getting to do that i do miss those guys but i mean it is what it is at this point they've branched away from lakeland i believe two years ago now and i'm not a tech guy for an anime convention anymore Will I miss well, it? Time will tell. Well, I mean, um, I did randomly. I was just going through my events on Facebook, and I did notice that Nikon has a date set for twenty twenty two. So. Oh, they do. Yeah, do they? so they might. Yeah. So they might um, have. Uh, might have a. So, um, one of the things that, uh, that I like to do is, this is cosplays. All right. So one of the things I'm passionate about is helping my community um being involved in my community is a great has a great feeling and i couldn't be happier with doing it um i'm a part of nations that want to help people make sure that they're getting the uh, essentially the help they need in the sense that can be from mental health to needing food, needing personal hygiene products. Um, One group that I haven't been much active in, but one group that I was associated with, they helped build um, these little boxes they could put up in parks. And I I forget, they're called boon boxes. So they could put anything in there from non-perishable food to hygiene products. And uh, it was a big hit. So they have, and I think there's now about 10, I think, throughout the county. Um, and of course I like volunteering. Um, one of the biggest things like where our, when our friendship started, Tim was when we were volunteering together at farm park, um, volunteering my time is a way that I can get back to my community. Um, and I think volunteering my time is more valuable than giving money to an organization. Um, that's just a core belief that I have. And that, that goes from not only organizations, but personal life. And uh, one of the biggest things is with my church is um, I've told my pastor, I feel my time is more valuable to the church. Than what even the would you say has been the most rewarding experience for you? Um, 
Oh, one of the most rewarding experiences. Um, my, the one, one of the things I can think back to and it's helped me and I felt really good about was it, it's just with work related. It wasn't really community involvement, but um, I used to work at my local library in town and I had this patron who said that he wanted to learn how to read and write and he was uh my bad i'm gonna wait to yeah, that calms down so um one of the things is i had to get a patron who would come in he said that he wanted to learn how to read and write he was illiterate illiterate i can't pronounce that word right uh, essentially, he he could not read or write, and he was going to go take classes to get a GED. Well, nowadays, to get a GED, you need to use a computer, so he didn't know how to use a computer either. But my what happened was is I sat down with him about once a week. We had a set time set up aside for him. He would come in. I taught him how to use a computer. And it, we, I really broke it down to the bare basics and progressed up with him. And next thing we knew, he was reading, writing. His GED teacher was so impressed with how much he progressed. And it just, it, it warmed my heart to see him progressing so far. I haven't heard. It's been it's been since 2017. I really haven't heard from them, um, obviously because I don't work at the library anymore. But um, I don't know what happened or how much he progressed or what he if he got his GED degree. I really should uh, contact one of my uh, people I work with to see if um, they still come in and find out what how well he did. But I would have to say that was my most awarding. Uh, That's a great story, Doctor Love. It's somebody. it really is rewarding when you get to you know take. How do I want to say this? You can you get to take the hand of somebody and guide them to success. There's never a better feeling than knowing that you had a positive influence on somebody. Like you had a positive influence on this person at the library. I think back to, I, I know this was job related for me, but I think back to my time at my former position where I had a direct hand in their education because I made sure that their technology was working. If they had any trouble, they would come see me. You know, it's just nice to know that people are succeeding based at least partially by your efforts to help them. Exactly. And that is, like I said, helping people is a passion of mine. And ultimately I would like to make that a career. Um, but finding a career in that type of field it is somewhat difficult because you have to have a certain type of degree and um, cert certifications and being able to find a job for one. 
in that type of field. Because um, where I work at now, I it, it's just a job to you know pay the bills. I don't. I honestly don't see when I see myself there forever, and I want to find a job that is in a career field. Of exactly. You know. About. You you want to find there's a fine line between so. paying the bills and actually enjoying what you do. Now, if you can enjoy what you do while paying the bills, million points to you. Mm-hmm. Looks like Laura has something to chime in with here. What's up, Laura? Exactly. Laura, we can't hear you, so that's okay, though. You can hear Laura? What is she saying? I can hear Laura. I can hear Laura. Uh, She couldn't remember what she wanted to chime in with. All right. All right. Well, thank you for jumping on uh, tonight, Laura. Yes. It was a pleasure Bye, talking with you, even though it was brief. And we hope you join us again uh, next week. All right. Bye. That's more than fine with me. All right. So now it's just the two of us again. <laughs> um. So overall, I would say that we've had a wide I totally agree with that and I I really I really feel like there's a few more things that we could talk about over time uh disc golf being one of them we we enjoy regular golf but personally I have gotten to do some disc golf this year again I actually played a new course mm-hmm. without you to test the new course uh one of my yeah one of my things with disc golf is I like to go test oh, the really? course out before I take you or Chelsea or really anybody else to the course. Because if I don't think you're going to enjoy it, I don't want to take you there, you know? But if mm-hmm. I go to the course and I go, oh, this is a nice course. I should bring Camp or uh, Dr. Love here. I should bring my wife here. I should bring the group here for even just a group hike, you know? Yeah. So, before I had a doctor's appointment in mm-hmm. uh, early yeah. March, I went to the so. George Knox Park disc golf course in Middlefield, Ohio, uh, smack in the middle of Geauga County. I actually threw a rare birdie on oh. one hole, but on hole number seven, I believe it was, I... Ooh could not figure out where the basket was for the life of me and I ended up uh, almost hurting myself royally <laughs> trying to climb through woods to retrieve discs Uh-oh. only to find out there was a very clear clearing to oh. where the hole actually was and then I felt stupid yeah that was not a uh, fun time but it is what it is oops Yeah. Well, I think 
uh, we've had a good thorough discussion tonight. And uh, so I guess my final thought and question is it's for you, the viewers and listeners. What are you passionate about? We would like to hear from you. What are you passionate about in life? What makes you happy? What makes you want to get up every day and get out in the world to either help somebody or um, what helps you get through the day because you're passionate about it? We want to hear from you. So feel free to... You know, reach out to us on Facebook. Um, well, the Facebook page is at the um, Cosmic Convergence. Go ahead and plug those for us, Tim. Uh, the email is the Cosmic Convergence at gmail.com. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I need to get better about checking that email. I haven't been on it in a little while. I'm a horrible person. Yeah, because I, well, I can send I that to you I as soon as we're done here. And I'm actually logging into the email it. now for the first time, probably in several weeks. So let me see yeah. if there's anything. There isn't anything okay. here that I can see that's new. But we want to hear from you guys. If, if you're in charge of a group that... Likes to help right. people. Get a hold of us. If we can't actually help you in person, the least we can do interview you for the podcast. And you can get the word out of things that you might need. Say you're seeking volunteers for a food drive that you're putting on. Come on here and talk to us about it. We want, we want to be there for different people in their time of need. But time, if we don't know about the need in the first place, we can't help you. Now, the only caveat would be we'd have to figure out mm -hmm. a couple ways to exactly. actually record. But we will do it, either, either through Discord, through Teams. We do have Teams. We have phone channel, which we'll have to figure out how to record the phone, but uh, it shouldn't be too big of a deal. Basically, the basic gist, we are here for you. Ask for help. Help us help you. Let us, let us help you. In order for us to help, Yes. Okay, help now we're just confusing everyone. To help you by helping us to help you. And uh, with that, so anyway, um, you know, reach out to us as we've said countless times on this show. Um, but yeah, reach out. We we want interaction, and that could also be due to in part. With us not interacting with you as well, and we're going to change that. Uh, we're going to be more active on our social media, and um, you know, like I said, just we want to be there. You know, 
Um, with that, I would say this is the end of the Cosmic Convergence Radio Hour. Tune in next week um, for another special podcast. We will. And we look forward to hearing from you all of that probably within the next couple of days. Uh, with that, this is. Yeah. And with that final thought from Big Tim, this is Dr. Love signing out.